and gentlemen, it's Monday, and you know what that means. It is time for the June 19th episode of the Hughes Sports Podcast, and I hope you guys enjoyed that intro because the old man seemed to love it. I loved it. And of course, my name... I think I'm laughing harder now than I did during the show. I am, of course, your host, Jakey, and across from me, the old man. Old man, how the hell are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. What a... What an intro. What an intro. What an intro. Uh, you know can what? I never, do my best. Can we never play that again? <laughs> you mean play it every single week? Got it. No, yeah. never play that again. That was just, I was like, oh my God, stop. You just <laughs> went on at nauseum. Well, it's because it's very annoying to me. <laughs> that was funny. But we're past it. I, I've gotten feedback. Most people seem to agree. Excluding the old man. So, uh, old man, what what do you want to talk about this week? What you want to talk about? Well, you know, there's a little bit of news. But first, before we do that, something we're terrible at. What's that? Waiting until, like, the end of the show to tell people, check out the website. Hewsports.ca has all of our posts. The old man um, will have an article reviewing week two up, hopefully, tomorrow. Um, yes, as well as our week two cool. power rankings. Um, which we will reveal here tonight live. Oh, I can't wait for this, man. Smurf Mafia. If you're listening, Smurf Mafia. Smurf Mafia. Smurf Mafia. Okay, that's all I need to say. And um, the <laughs> we'll reveal the uh, power rankings this, uh, tonight live on the show. Then the article will go up later tomorrow um, with a little explanation about what, uh the reasoning why I put each team in, in specific places. And let me tell you, vastly different from the CFL power rankings and three down nation power rankings. Good. I, do you know what? I, I know you sent them to me and I just looked at the top two because I wasn't sure how you were going to do it. Well, that, yeah. And I didn't look at the rest. So this will be good Fair. for even for me. Fair. So what do you okay. want to start with? Do you want to start I with think, some CFL news or do you want to start with some? I think we should talk, talk about it right off the bat because um it's not really the, the majority of the show is going to be about the cfl let's talk about the the cf or the nhl news vancouver canucks news they finally did it they the, bought out oliver ekman larson thank goodness um you had to try to explain to the old man and yes. um how what the buyout means we we've dropped two million did you say two million off the cap no off this year for the, the, yeah, let's just talk this yeah. year. This year we saved seven point one million dollars. Seven point one million, and then it's two million, and then it's something else. Blah blah blah. No, it's yeah. So the, for the first year, it's seven point one million in savings. Year two, it's four point nine millions in savings. Year three and four, it's two point five millions in savings. Then year five through eight, it'll be a two point one three cap hit. Eight more years. Yeah. Jesus Christ. But we get him off our roster and. In all honesty, in five, four years, five years, two point one million is going to be a fourth line player. Yes. Shucks, now the question is, it's great. Now, first, the first question I and I thought of this when you sent me that um, news the other day. When when, when did that happen? On the was it, it happened the Friday. Friday. Yeah. What what happens to OEL? What I think I think he'll sign a, a cheap contract somewhere. Because he, he is a serviceable defenseman. Yes. And uh, us in Vancouver, we, we rag on him and I rag on him. I'm not a fan of OEL, but I'm not a fan of him at his price, at his at a, the contract value. Yeah, I know what you're saying. $8 million. He's not worth $8 million. Yeah. Is he okay. worth Is he worth a $2 million to a, to a Boston, to a Carolina, to a, to a team that's, to a Seattle, who's looking to just shore up their defense? 100%. Okay. So, um... Now the next question is, where do we go from from here? Well, I mean, this really just what this move does, and the fact that they did it as early as they did. Patrick Elvine, Jim Rutherford, the front office convinced ownership to do this, which is wild because I didn't think ownership would ever um, allow a buyout of this magnitude. Yeah, but what it also does is it allows the the front office to go and look at trades for hockey trades, oh, not okay. standing over a barrel because you need to get rid of cap. Because as we talked about before, um, we were $600,000 over the cap. Right. 
Now, according Which to Cap we were Friendly, allowed to be because it was off season. Yeah, it's off season, so you're allowed a certain percentage. I think it's ten percent over the cap throughout the sure. off season. Um, but so, according to Cap Friendly, right now, if we start the season with um, Tanner Pearson on injured reserve and Travis Dermott on injured reserve, I believe we'll have eight million dollars worth of cap space. Well, and now I guess Bear will be on injured as well because we don't we don't have him signed to a contract. He's a he's a UFA. Oh, is or he? He's an he's a restricted free agent, an RFA. Sorry. Okay. So, but you got to sign him. You don't have to. Wow. No, I guess you don't have to. He if he got injured during the Canucks practice during something Canucks related, I hundred percent would say as a good faith gesture towards the player and towards the, like the public facing to the rest of the players in the league, you have to sign. But, but if he got injured. Don't... Yeah, go ahead. If, if you don't sign them, won't somebody else have the ability to pick them up? So there's, this is a very confusing part of restricted free agency. We would have to offer him a qualifying offer. So if we offer him a qualifying offer and he doesn't accept it, he can go and get a deal from another team. If the if he signs wants to sign a deal with another team, the Canucks organization gets compensation in forms of picks depending on how much a salary is worth. Ah, I see. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. But gotcha. the problem is, an injured player who might not be back until December at the earliest. Well, and it's going to be probably like they said, eight to ten months, didn't they? Uh I think six to eight months. Six to eight months. Okay. Yeah. So we're looking like the earliest he could be back, I think, is the beginning of December. Um, and is that, is that time frame including rehab, getting back into the swing of things and missing training camp, or is that he's healthy and can start practicing in six to eight months? Yeah, that's, that's right? the thing, right? And, and it, it kind of it puts you in a tricky situation because you have to, if you think he's not worth his qualifying offer because of his injury status, yeah, you just let him move on. So his qualifying offer is two point two million dollars. If do you don't think how do how do you how do they know like how do you know its qualifying offer is two point two? The qualifying offer is a one by um. That's what the uh, line, the Canucks put out there. The, so this is from Cap Friendly. The qualifying offer is equal to one hundred percent of the previous contract's final season base salary because the salary was one million dollars or greater. So his his salary last year was two point two million dollars. So his qualifying offer will now be $2.2 million. I see. Um, okay. That makes sense. So the, so the Canucks have to say he's worth $2.2 million. Minimum. And sign him to that. Minimum. If they say he's not worth that, they can they can still negotiate back and forth until right. free agency opens. If right. they come to it and they say, hey, look, we want to give you a one-year deal or a two-year deal. And let's say at $1.8 million because it gives us this flexibility. And Ethan Bear's like, I get it. I'm not worth a 2.2 because I'm not going to be here all season, but I'll prove right. it to you in the second year. He can sign that deal. I see. Okay. So there's there's a bunch of different ways that they could go about this. Yeah. Um, I think you'd be silly not to read to take on Ethan Bear again. Um, even for the 2.2 million dollars, I think he's worth it. Yep. If you're able to get rid of uh, Tyler Myers and replace Tyler Myers with another top four defenseman and sign another top, like you need to sign two top four defensemen for Ethan Baird to be your third line, your third pairing defenseman in my right. opinion. Yes. Um, and I think he's worth that 2.2 because we know he can play up in that second pair if he needs to. Makes sense. Makes so, sense. Lots of different pieces. And there's going to be lots of more stuff coming from that. Well, in uh, a week and two days, it is round one of the draft. Yes, exactly. So, this is where Jim Rutherford might be the best, one of the best GMs in um, the NHL. And I'm hoping he, he's on the phones with Patrick Alvin to be making some of these deals because we have the advantage and now we have the cap space. Yes. Do we take a middling contract for a player who fits on our third line, like a, a, a third line center who's got a bit of an, a bit of an overpay and we get a second round draft pick or a third round draft pick in return as well. Right. Yeah, so, okay. yep. right. And it all depends on what they're doing and what is going on. I would be shocked if they don't make another move before the draft. Okay. Um, I, I, I can see that happening. Yeah. 
I want to talk about it more next week because it'll be two days ahead of the draft and we'll have yeah, a more gonna, of a picture of what's we'll, going on. We'll um, have more of a concentrated draft show in a week. Exactly. This exactly. week has got to be more about our, where is it? There it is. BC Lions. Well, let's let's start it as we do every week. Review the entire week. Okay. So let's start on Thursday. Was it Thursday? Yeah, Thursday. The Stampeders at Ottawa Red Blacks. The Stampeders won by a score of 26 to 15. Um, you can see here stats say stats because the CFL website is still screwed up. This week, we don't even have two sets of data for this. We have no sets of data. It tells me Jake Meyer went one for one with one touchdown and one interception. It's how how I, hard is it? How hard is it? It's it's bizarre to me that I I go to um, download my PDF for week two, and it has week one download PDF, and I look and I look and I'm like, am I in the wrong spot? And I'm like, nope, no, nope, they just don't have the shit together. It's it's sh- like. We joke that every now and again, the CFL's a, a joke of a league. This is what makes you look like a joke of a league. If I'm a new fan and I'm trying to figure out, hey, I missed the game. My new favorite team is a Calgary Stampeders. Oh, Jake Meyer went one for one for 270 yards. One touchdown, yeah. one interception. And his who, longest throw was 14 yards. I mean, they rushed the ball real well. Derek Mills had 19 carries and 99 yards. So they only threw the ball. They only threw the ball once. Hey, on Mr. That, Rod Peterson that, is watching. How you doing, Rod? Hello, RP. Thank you so much for uh, checking out the show today. So we did you watch this game? I was with you to watch this game with at the Rod Peterson watch party. Oh, that's right. At the, at the Shark Club. It was a fun game to watch. It was a fun game to yeah. watch. Oh, definitely. I really it definitely enjoyed was. it. It was really good up until I would say partway through the third quarter when Ottawa just started turning the ball over recklessly. They have, they definitely have their issues. It's definitely going to be a long season for the Red Blacks. Yeah. Having said that, the East is going to be a long season for the East outside of Toronto and Montreal, maybe. Um, but all in all, I thought it was a entertaining game. I mean, it, it, it held That's our good. interest. It's an. It was only an eleven point game. Yeah. Um, for a for a team that Calgary, I mean, and I again, kind of a hint towards the power rankings. Calgary is a team that's still figuring it out. They're not the powerhouse they were a year ago, even. No. They're figuring it out. They're they're back to square one almost. Yes. And they've got a lot of great pieces. I and... don't think uh, Mayor is their guy. I just. <sighs> yeah, they beat the Red Blacks. They're one and one. Um, I just don't think the Red Blacks are going to be the team that, um, sorry, I don't think the mayor is going to be the quarterback that takes them back to where they were when Bo Levi was, um, burning up the league and was heads and shoulders literally above everybody else. Yeah. No, I, 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 I think the, like, is it a case of the Red Blacks looking good against the Stampeders or... Is it just two teams that are pretty even? It's two I'm teams leaning, that were pretty even. And I'm that's what makes it a fun that. game to watch. I mean, we can talk about the stats. We can get, get into how the Red Blacks turned it over. For the pure entertainment of football, it was just damn fun football. Yeah, yeah there was turnovers was, both ways. How many turnovers uh, uh, did were, did they give those stats? Um, um, I'm trying to find I'm literally looking it up. Uh, giveaways. Yeah. It was a lot. Every time I looked, they were giving the ball Six, away. Six, nine, ten, eleven. Whoa, what are you doing? Eleven. <laughs> eleven in the game. Eleven in the game. That's insanity. And the team that lost the turnover battle won the game. Which never happens. Very, Usually you lose. Very, very rare in the CFL. Almost yeah. exclusively. If you look at the giveaway, um the giveaway stats, you can tell who wins the game, but not on this one. Not on that one. Not on that one. Um, the quarter, the second quarterback for the Red Blacks that came in, Adams. Yes. Adam. I don't remember if it was Adams or Adam. Um, I think he looked pretty good. I think Arbuckle so. Arbuckle was not looking good. Um, because I remember you saying at some time during the game, you went, "Oh, there's going to be two Adams." Um, yeah. 
because it's Vernon Adams Jr. And Adams. Yeah. It is Adams, by the way. I looked it up. It is Adams, yeah. Um, Tyree Adams. Yeah. I If I'm the Red Blocks, I'm going back to him this week all in practice. He's getting first reps. Well, yeah, Arbuckle's I mean, not your guy. That's weird. Nick Arbuckle apparently went 12 for... 12 completions for one attempt. What are these stats, dude? I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Couldn't it's tell embarrassing. Yep. It's literally, I'm not even going to try. I, you know, I was going to try and I give up. I'm not even going to try to talk about stats because now, if they can't get their freaking shit together at the CFL, I can't, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, carry on. Now, to be fair to the CFL, that is the only game that has messed up stats. All the other games do have stats at reporting. And I'm using very heavy quotation marks, marks accurately. How do we know they're accurate after looking That's, at that? Yeah, exactly. No, I 100% agree. But the next game um, on the night, which was a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be, was the Blue Bombers going into Saskatchewan to face the Rough Riders. The yes. score looks lopsided. And let me explain to you, that game was nowhere near the 45 to 27 that the scoreline shows. No. I agree. I Trevor think... Harris and the Rough Riders went for 437 yards and still lost this game. Yes. And you look at Calaris, he owned, they did 389 total yards. Yeah. Um to me the, This is where the, I'm talking about the Smurf Mafia. They're freaking planning the damn parade. They they're 2 and 0 and they're the best. Everybody else is behind them. Dudes, you freaking hung on to beat a team that didn't make the playoffs last year. No, I think the Rough, the Rough Riders. I think the Rough Riders are making the playoffs this year. Yes, I, I don't Based disagree. The first weeks, but you know what the, I'm getting at. 100%. It was the, don't again, start this, planning the parade. The, the score, again, it's an 18-point score, so it's a three-score three game. But up until the fourth quarter, middle well, of the third, maybe? it was probably partway through the third when they – didn't they have a big uh, return? Yeah, I think yeah. it was partway through the third. It was part halfway through the third when they had that uh, punt return or uh, touchdown kickoff return for a touchdown. And I can did the Rough can, Riders in. And I can tell you, uh, someone who was working that game said, as soon as that happened, it killed the Rough Riders. Right, because you are friends with. Okay, sorry, I can't. Apparently, I'm not allowed to say that. Yeah, they were deflated on the bench as soon as that run back happens. Nice. Um, so, yeah. Uh, hearing that, it's not surprising. So, it's just... You can feel it. Yeah, you could see it on TV, too. That's how deflating That's... it was for them. And, again, I think the Rough Riders have put the best test towards Winnipeg um, in probably two years. Well, it's probably... I mean, besides BC in the Western Final, who, uh, if you talk to any Bomber fan, um, oh, well, BC choked. Shut up. Shut up. You beat a I mean, team. Be, you beat a be limping fair, team. To be fair, the Blue Bombers choked you way harder. Oh. <laughs> you lost to Toronto in the Grey Cup. Exactly. Give it a rest. Anyway, um, again, another fun game to watch. We could talk about stats to the freaking cows come home, but I'm refusing to do that until they get their crap together. I want to talk about the entertainment value of these games. Top it notch. was fun to watch. It was just a fun game. And you're right. I didn't, I thought this was going to be a blowout. Yeah. Um, 18 points isn't a blowout just for Pete, just for the Smurf Mafia, if you're watching. And I hope you are. Well, not, not just that, but also Americans. When you see yes. a 27 to 45 um, score, that is a blowout in the NFL a lot of the times. Yes. This isn't. This is no. a three score game. Look, and look at this. Now we can get into the stats. 29 for 41, 437 yards. You gave up 437 yards. You made a couple big plays, and that's what did it for you. 100%. Right? 100%. And a lot of it, I was going to say, the big one was on special teams. It yes. wasn't um, Zach Claros and your offense. It was the special teams. And look, I Against love... It's a rather weak defense. Let's face it. The Riders don't have the best defense in the league. You're coming I think they're up... better. I think they're better than a lot of people 
thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year. Oh, 100%. I think, I also think that as the season goes on, their defense is going to start to tighten up and figure it out. Yes. So I think, and, and uh, we talked about it before. I thought Edmonton was going to be a lot better of a team than they are, than they are. Um, I had them coming out of the playoffs, but the Rough Riders to me, in the, after the first two weeks, they're better. They've shown better than the Stampeders have. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, um, they're both one and one, but if I have to pick who's above, I would definitely say the Rough Riders are above Calgary. A hundred percent. I I completely agree. Um, but again, the, sorry, oh. the entertainment value in this game was probably better than anything on TV on a, a Friday night. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Right. Yep. Um. Now jumping to, so. The really cool thing this year, and, and we talked about it last week, during this game, the Blue Bombers at Rough Riders game, the TSN panel was set up outside of BC Place, which is so cool because they had a party going on and they, they actually had, had a, a watch party. party. They had a watch party. They had live music. They had a bunch of things going on on the Friday. Yes. They turned the home opener, which was the, was the next day on the oh. Saturday. So they literally had a watch party to watch the Bombers Riders game. Yeah. Guess what? Wild. That's a CFL though. That's what we should be doing. Yeah. Hundred percent. Which reminds me, before we go to the next one. Yep. Friday night. If you're in the Calgary area, Ace Casino is the place to be. If you're a CFL fan, we're having a. CFL, we're just going to call it a CFL get-together, a CFL reception. Come on down. Rod Peterson's going to be hosting. Rod Peterson has been involved in the CFL for over 20 years now, close to 25 years that he's been following the game. Almost almost longer than I've been alive. Exactly. And we might have a few surprises of people showing up there as well. So um, Friday night, Ace Casino Airport. Sorry, Jake, go ahead. No worries. Uh, just so everyone knows, the old man will be there probably all night. I will be making an appearance um, as well. But tequila we jump, shots. We jump into Saturday's game, which, no, before, you know what? We're, we're taking off the stats. We're taking off the stats. What did you think? And you probably watched it more live than I did because I actually had uh, uh, an event that I couldn't watch any of the game. Oh, right. Yeah. I, I was like, no, you were here. No, you weren't. It was Bev that was here. Sorry. Go ahead. I don't know if it's me or you that um, it's you. I'm, so I'm going to keep talking, apparently, because the gremlins had got to Jake. So I have a feeling what he was going to say was. How was the atmosphere? <laughs> because I know they showed the uh, first little bit of the concert and it confused everyone because the game on the schedule everywhere said seven o'clock start. The kickoff wasn't actually till seven 30 mountain time. Oh really? Yeah. So down in the States, they didn't air um, the pregame at all. So everyone down in the States and I'm in a bunch of groups for people like CFL fans in the States. They're like, where's the game? What's going on? And then other oh. people like, <laughs> just kidding. Game's not on until for another half hour. Well, see, I ha- I was at an event until five o'clock our time. So that would have been. Four o'clock. BC time. BC time. Yeah. What time? What? Hold it. You said what time did was kickoff? Not 730. Oh, 630. Sorry. 630. 530. 530 Mountain or 530 Pacific time. Yeah. 530. Yes, that's better. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. You yeah. confused me there. No, I, I messed up the times. So that's my fault. So I didn't get, I didn't really start watching the game until the second half. I did have it on the radio, but I didn't okay. start watching it until the second half. Um, from what I see, what I saw the replays um, yes. and from people who were there, uh, including our friend, uh, the show's friend, AB3, Arlan Bruce the third. Did you see who his was, Instagram story? Yes, he was dancing. He looked he like was he was diving. having a good old time. He was having fun, um, sitting up in the suite, living the high life. I like it. 
Um, but from everybody, whether it be Arlan in the in the suite to um, other people in the stands, it was just a damn fun time. And they said it was fun from the time they got off the SkyTrain to the time they entered the stadium to the time they got back on the SkyTrain to the time they got off the SkyTrain because people were partying. Well, and the big thing is, is they again, they made an event. It wasn't just, uh, oh, LL Cool J. No, they had a band pregame. They had a band postgame. They had pregame barbecue and drinks. And the TSN panel was there all day. And people, like I saw on uh, Facebook today and Twitter, I think it was Facebook. People ran into Mark Dolman, who was just out there enjoying the t- place. It was all in all, we're biased. Yes, we're homers. No. Yes. We, it was yes, the best are. home opener of the CFL. But so I listened to Sakaris and Price. Yes. Every day, almost. Um, they had a Mark Dolman on today. And he's, they asked them, they're like, how many calls did you get from other franchises? And he kind of laughed it off without saying anything, but he said, it's great because we want to be getting those jealous phone calls. Those yes. phone calls from the other owners saying, how did you do it? Why? And more so, why are you doing it? I, everyone understands why now. It's now, how do you do it? Yes. And, and you know what? Every freaking team should be doing this on their home opener. Well, and so I don't know if you've heard this story, but do you know how they came up with this idea? No. Mar Dolman. So they did the pre-show, pre-concert last year. Yes. But it wasn't a, an event like no. this year. Yes. So this year they had the idea they were going to bring in LL Cool J. That was kind of determined. And they were talking. And Amar Dolman was down in the States at one of the arenas during baseball's opening day. And he oh, saw the okay. party. And he saw the event. And he went back to, I can't think of the, of the uh, business operations guy, and said, this is what I want to do. I think it's a great idea. And they ran with it and went with it from there. Nice, nice. So, and you know what? That's what you need to do. Um, you, you again, we talked about it, and I just listened because I was editing the intro literally moments before we went live here. We talked about it last week. You make it an event, yes, 32 plus thousand fans in the arena. No, did did a couple thousand maybe leave after the LL Cool J concert? Maybe, maybe you know but, what? It looked like it was, it sounded loud, and you know for, what? Then, a game that sucked. It wasn't an exciting game. It was 22-0. We scored one touchdown. It was a boring-ass game. But the excitement in the crowd felt freaking amazing. I actually saw one guy posting saying, I can't believe they were doing the wave while we were on offense. They were doing the wave at BC Place. When's the last time you've seen that? Like it's To me, it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, how do we do this? Not every game. You're not going to be able to draw the same crowd every game. But you can't bring in an L, a, a level of an LL Cool J every game. No, but can you bring in a... Could you do a... You missed it, didn't you? <laughs> but could you bring in a a bigger named or a, a, a C-list band to play your pregame outdoor patio? And yes. Do that every, every game? Yeah. Gosh, no, I'm yeah. sure there's bands like Trooper who are from Vancouver. You've got an Prism. array of... Prism. You've got an array of... Blah, 80s, blah, blah. 90s, 2000s. Bring in new age. Bring in a DJ. Have a rave night. Yes. Do these events every single game. And the BC Lions, to their credit, are trying to do that with different things. They are. And despite we so, talked about this, despite the score, the score was being 22 to nothing, to nothing, it was the first the, time in 47 years that the uh, Edmonton Eskimo slash Elks, can I still say that, uh, yeah. had been shut out. Uh, there's some confusion out there because a lot of people were saying it was the, it's been 47 years since the, um, there's been a shutout in the CFL. And I was like, no, I remember not long ago, the BC Lions got their freaking asses handed by them by the Smurf Mafia. It was like 45, nothing. And that wasn't that long ago. We won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I mean, it wasn't a great game. 416 total yards, pretty damn good. 22 points. Yes. The greatest. <laughs> I mean, really, let's be honest. 416 yards. Uh, Harris put up 437 and got 27 points in a loss. Yeah. I don't know if the BC lines were, especially like, because I watched more in depth the first half. I was watching it today at work. Work got busy as the second half went on and I was just kind of watching in the background. I don't know if it was just a fact that the lines were like, it's the Alex. I don't need to get up for it. Or did the Alex actually put up a good front? And I, it's really hard to tell because watching a game back where you already know the final score, it's really hard. 
Yeah, exactly. No, I get it. I get it. Um, if the Lions want to be number one in the league after uh, next Thursday, after Thursday coming up, yep. uh, I think they got to step it up just a little bit. That is fair. Yeah. Now, out of this game, I want to introduce a new segment to the show. Our first oh. ever proper segment. Do I know about this? Partially. Partially. Oh. So I'm going to... You you didn't see the very the very beginning of the game, did you? No. So this is something I kind of talked about, and I've been tweaking it all day, and I've been bouncing it off of different people. We're doing a segment. Review penalty or not? Oh, we did. Okay, I did know about this. He always does this. It's almost as bad as Rod. Rod just kind of throws things out there, and I'm like, "You did so, what?" On the screen here, we'll we'll play a play. I want you to tell me if you think the penalty was justified or not, because on this play, there's a first play of the, of the, of the game, a penalty flag was thrown. Um, And of course it's not going to play now because it just played 30 seconds ago. Why would it play now? Technical difficulties. Here we go. Here we go. Jake, and we have nothing. We have some well, difficulties. Give, give me a second. Give me a second. We're, we're thinking. We're thinking. The CFL um, lives here. That's what that sign says. That is what the sign says. Correct. Yeah. Okay. I'm and just, now nothing. I, mean, I hate this. I absolutely hate this. Because I had it set up, and everything works. And now I go to share, and it doesn't. Well, so that was a great segment, dude. Wait, let's try this way. Okay, you only get one more it's shot. It's playing on my screen! It's not playing on ours. All right. Well, you know what? We tried. We failed. We're moving on. We but failed the play miserably. Was, <laughs> the play was the very first uh, get part of the game, literally the first play of the game, the TJ Lee jumps a ball, and there's a penalty flag for it. Um, you know, I'm just going to do it. It's going to be a supplemental. I'm going to put it out on the YouTube channel. Okay. Keep your eyes and out they for can it. Vote on it. Yeah. Then everyone can, yeah. Then everyone can vote on it. Tell me if they think it's a penalty. And maybe next yeah. week you'll have your poop in a group and we can actually, I make no properly. guarantees. I think I know what I have to do, but it's going to be a pain in the butt. But either way, moving on to Sunday, moving on to Sunday's game, the Hamilton Tiger Cats went into Toronto and this is the game where me and you, we, we did our picks for the week, and this was the only one we differed on. And boy, do I look like a silly, silly idiot. <laughs> because I had faith that Bo Levi would be able to turn it around and that... Uh, and what did you, how, what did, how did you do this week in your pick'em? In your pick'em? In the pick'em, I uh, went uh, 0 for, uh, 1 for, th- 1 for, 1 and 3. Because I forgot to put, submit two picks, so it's not really my fault. <laughs> what did I do? How did I do in my did you Did you go four for four? I went four for four. Well, the medium knows. When are you going to know this? When are you going to learn? Trust the medium. I never trust the medium. <laughs> never trust so medium. So this game, let's get into this game. My article, so, the article I'm writing is going to be a lot about this game because people honestly thought... Bo Levi was going to go into uh, Hamilton and burn shit down. He was going to be the hottest thing going. He was going to rule the CFL. Do you guys really think Dave Dickinson and Hoffnagel don't know when a quarterback is done? Do you think they're stupid football people? I don't think they're stupid football people. There's a reason he's not in Calgary. Well, let's it's because he's old and washed up. Sorry, I'm going on a rant. Leave me alone. He's old and washed up. Oh, my growing. Ow, ow, ow. That hurt. Shut the fuck up, Bo. Go sit down. Go do something else. Let the people who can play the game play the game. Okay, I'm better now. So my thought is, and and, and Dave Dickinson has, has gone through it. Sometimes you need a scenery change. Henry Burris, when he went to the Red Blacks, was was he washed up and old? No, he was. He still won a Grey Cup. But Ricky Ray went to Argos, still won a still, and these guys were like ten years older than than four down Bo, as you call him. 
Fordham Bo is old in the head. He he got hurt. He got hit hard and hurt his shoulder. Last year. Last year. Last year. Year before last. Two years ago. He's never been the same. If you watch him, when they put pressure on him, he freaking panics and he fires the ball stupidly. He's yes. not a starter in the CFL. He needs to be benched. And did you did you see the play where he got injured? <sighs> yeah. I'm not. I'm. Uh, I'm gonna reserve judgment until I hear more because it's something I want to keep an eye on. Because if he's out, that's like, I mean, even if he's in, the Tiger Cats aren't looking good. The Tiger Cats look like trash. Yeah. He's overthrowing his receivers. He's underthrowing his receivers. And in typical Bo Levi fashion, we saw it because I watched the first half with you. He yelled at the receivers and threw his arms up like, "What are you doing?" And then you have Chad Kelly, who first off, TSN, calm it the fuck down. Oh my God. Let's. This is not Ricky Ray. You don't need to. You don't need to start licking the guy. Ricky Ray, but, Ricky Ray, Ricky Ray. Oh, sorry. That's what they're doing with Chad Kelly now. It is. Did you see the panel at halftime? I thought who's the lady on the the female on the panel? Um, I'm terrible with names. I thought I she remember. was going to strip and run and and jump on him. I did. She was going cuckoo for cocoa puffs. It was now, like seriously. But it was he no, good? In, he was good. He was. In my opinion, he was great. He he saw the he saw holes in the in the defense. He took advantage of them, whether it be a timing play or a scramble. He was able to do it. But it's a set, it's his first game in the se- second game of the of the year. First game for the Argonauts of the year. Let's calm down with the he's the greatest quarterback in the league because you it was got the first Zach game Hall. for the Argonauts, not the second. That's what I said. Oh, okay. Second Sorry. second week of the CFL. Yes, but first game for the Argonauts and first game. For oh, Chad Kelly. They were handing him the trophy again. Yeah. Like, it, it just it's just one of those things that it, in Canada, TSN, unless you're in Toronto, will always be known as Toronto Sports Network. I'm yes. sorry. It, it's Sports Center will, or TSN will cover CFL, Toronto. Everything else is tertiary. Like, there's not even a secondary level. It's, <laughs> it's football, Toronto. Hockey, anything else? Yeah, and if there's nothing else, they'll they'll start playing FIFA, or they'll 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 pay more attention to FIFA um, soccer than they will pay attention to the CFL. And the CFL is exclusive to TSN. It just makes no sense to me. It, it well, do you expect it to make sense? No, not yeah. with not with not with them. No, 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 definitely not. Entertainment factor on this game. Did you find this game entertaining? I did. It was it was a fun game to watch. Uh, more so for me, a, a old time CFL fan was. Um, okay, let's face it. I don't like Bo. It's not a secret. What? I don't. I, I'm letting this. I'm letting that out of the bag. I think Bo Levi is overrated and has been for the last five years. Was he great when he first started? Yeah. Has he been overrated? Yeah. Uh, I don't call him four down bow for for nothing. Um, and it was kind of nice. I kind of, I kind of got a little f- feeling in my belly. I got that. Oh, this feels good, belly. When um, I saw him overthrowing, underthrowing. Why are you doing that? Don't worry about me. Just, just keep going. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what the hell is he doing? He's gone cuckoo for cocoa puffs. But it. The pure entertainment of the CFL is second to none. I know I you'll there's going to be guys out here, girls out here watching that are saying, "Oh, the NFL so much better." Be honest. Be honest with yourself. The CFL is just an exciting game to watch. Do they have better, more athletic players maybe in the NFL? Maybe. Maybe. There's nothing like three down football. No, it's quick, it's fast, it's and when it, and we've got nowhere to go. Things quick and fast are two different things because we got the twenty second clock. We throw the ball more because we only have three downs. We got the wider field, so you and we got motion in the backfield. There was a couple plays there during the um, on the BC game where I swear to God they were like fifty thousand people running in the backfield. It was what? And the, <laughs> it was and insane. I, 
I talk about that in the in the power rankings. Is that BC made these adjustments? Edmonton didn't have an answer for it. Yes. Like teams in the CFL, like in the NFL, and they and they talk about it when you go into it. The first ten plays are prescripted. The first ten plays in the NFL, they go well. This is what they're doing. Doesn't matter if you get a first down or not. This is play two. This yes. is play three. In a CFL, you don't get that. You might get no. a couple plays scripted. You might get, hey, after this, after this play, we'll do this. In a in a hurry up or a tempo offense. Yes. But you're how often do you see in the NFL tempo offense? Never. You very rarely see it unless it's a we need to score with two minutes left in the game. CFL, you'll get it in the middle of the game for no reason other than we have a mismatch we like to we want to exploit. Right. There's so many different pieces in in CFL game that just aren't present in the NFL game and make it boring. Hundred oh, percent. Like it's not even close. It's yeah. it's really not. It, it's um. Rod and I, Rod and I, of course, I work on the Rod Peterson show or for the Rod Peterson show. That's um broadcast daily on um, YouTube and Game Plus Network. Um, and we talk a lot about the CFL and off camera, um, cause Rod talks about it a lot on camera and it literally drives me nuts when I see so-called CFL fans and all they're doing is bashing the CFL. And I mean, we, we do it we, um, to a certain degree. We no, bash I'll, the CFL, not the game. I'll bash the CFL, the the media entity of CFL, because they're bad at their job 90% of the time. Yes. I'll bash the the TSN and, and the broadcast because I don't feel it's up to par with where the game should be. Oh. And now, they, now they've made really good steps the last couple of years. This um, year, the, the broadcast, the camera one. work and the broadcast quality. Who's the new announcer? He did two um, games this year, to this weekend. I can't Ferguson. remember his name. Ferguson, Ferguson. Yeah. I like this guy. He is. He knows the game very well. He only played up to university, apparently. I believe that's what Rod had told us, but I'm not positive on that. Yeah. I could be proven wrong. And he knows the game, and he has. he knows when to elevate his excitement I find, like I was listening to the Riders um, game on radio when I was driving home, and um, the Riders play-by-play guy, the guy gets excited when there's a snap and the quarterback catches the snap. It's like, and there's a snap! Oh, my God! It's like, whoa, dude, dude, dude. Bring it down about four levels. Like, get excited when you need to get excited. And the biggest thing, if like, we live – in Calgary. Yeah. So most of our, my, most of my references to sports broadcasting will be from Calgary. But yes. if you look at, um, I can't think of his name right now. Oh, I just had it and lost my brain. Who does the play by play for Calgary on? Reef. Oh, I lost you. There I am. Rafe Bear. Sorry? No. Rafe Bear. Where did I get Rafe Bear from? What the? I don't fuck? know. That's name not familiar to me in any shape or form. Rafe Bear was a uh, like uh, he was on CKNW out of Vancouver. He was an old talk. Oh, did we lose you again? We completely lost him this time. Um, but whoever it is on the Calgary broadcast, he's very calm. He's very analytical about what he says. He's talking at almost a monotone voice during the game, and he's like, and the snap comes back to Jake Meyer. Jake Meyer looks back. He looks over, and he makes the pass, and that's a first down. He amplifies at the first down. He amplifies when there's something important or something major that's happening on the field. He's not, like the old man was saying, he's not up there all the time. And a lot of people find that very hard in comparison to hockey because hockey, there's things constantly happen. Yes. And I'm a huge hockey fan. Falling asleep, I used to listen to Peter Marr probably. That's who I was trying to say, 60. Peter Marr. <laughs> no, not Peter Marr. Peter Marr was probably 60, 70 games a year back when he was on the radio because I'd fall asleep to it. And when he was really good at keeping the excitement, keeping you engaged. And then when something oh. happened, he brought it to that next level, but he was so unbiased and so hockey oriented. Yes. And I know because me and you have been in the car, we're in the car uh, years ago and listening to a Canucks flames game. 
and someone scored. And we both looked at each other and we're like, who scored? That? Yeah, who scored? Because he knew how to get excited. And sure, yeah. he would hold a Jerome Ginla for a lot longer than he would if Daniel Sedin scored. Well, of course. But he's a homer. He's paid to be a homer. He literally paid by the home team. I, I get people, oh, he's a homer. He shouldn't be doing the broadcasts. No, he's paid to be a homer. The only people that aren't paid to be homers are, I mean, all radio guys are paid to be homers because they're 100%. on their home radio network. Yeah. When you're listening, when you're watching a game on um, Sportsnet or CBC, that's when you shouldn't have homers because it's a no. national game. And that's where well, you're, you should be, your excitement level should be at well, a crescendo when it needs to be and not 100%. when it's. But the problem is what happens, and, and I'm speaking more so for hockey now than I am for the TS, for TSN, because I find TSN very unbiased when it comes to calling the games. Yes. They, yeah. they, the guys who are good at calling the games, guys like Rod Black, they get excited no Ferguson. matter the team because they love football. You can yeah. tell it by the way they call the game, the way they get excited for it. Yeah. When you have, a, when you have um, oh, what's his name? The guy who calls the Edmonton Oilers games all the time, the play, the no, not the play-by-play guy, um, the oh, former player. And I, there are very few NHL. Kelly Rudy? Play, no, Kelly Rudy is Calgary. I don't mind him. He is Homer when he needs to be, but he's very fair when he's not. Yeah, uh, when he's a national broadcast for Edmonton, I can't think of his name. Um, but he is the only got time I literally consider pausing and trying to sync up with a radio broadcast for play-by-play because he is just so he's so homer and because we're in alberta if there's a edmonton calgary or edmonton or sorry a calgary vancouver or calgary or vancouver edmonton game we get that home broadcast yes we do the 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 vancouver broadcast is blocked out so i'm stuck listening to that yeah and it takes you out of the game when you have when you're i mean and you're supposed to when you're supposed to be a national broadcast mind you on those games are they supposed to be a national broadcast 50. Because they have there are the, a lo- there, there are, are a lot local, that are there are a local team, right? Yeah, no. So like um, last year when the last year with John and John, they had nationally televised games that they would do, and they would have local games. The nationally televised ones, they would try to be more even. They would know more about the the Canucks because they travel with them every day. Exactly. But their calling would be different, and it used to actually drive the Canucks fans crazy. Be like, where, what, why are we talking about this team? It's like, well, it's a national broadcast. You have to be talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs or the yes. Edmonton Oilers or the Winnipeg Jets. But for the Vancouver broadcast, when you're facing off against LA in a just Vancouver broadcast, be as homer as you want. In exactly. fact, be more homer than you normally are. Yes, exactly. No, I totally agree. Now, what I wanted to get at, what started this whole rant was. The, the production and value of what TSN is putting out has been freaking amazing. We watched, I didn't watch the full game on Sunday. Was it Sunday? Were you over on Sunday? Then you went home, right? Yeah, I went home. During the Sunday. game. Yeah, we didn't watch the full. But do you remember that one, uh, I don't know if it was a kickoff return where the floating camera, I'll call it. I don't, maybe that's not the name for it, but you know which one I'm talking about. Yeah. It literally followed the play. It was amazing. I was almost out of my seat because not because the play was that exciting, but because it was a cool effing shot. It was one of what? those that's freaking cool. And those that's what we shots, need more of. Those types of shots shots bring you into the game. They make you feel excited. Again, the play was a kick return. Who cares on two teams that you're not huge fans of? Like well, yeah. you're not going out there cheering for, but you were like, I'm into this now. This is great. Yes, exactly. And that's what, and that's what they need to be doing. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was really Production. good. I mean, so far this year, I think TSN, for all this crap I give them, and I do, I pick on TSN a lot, I think they've done a pretty good job so far. I cannot disagree. They have, To me, they, this is the best year they've been in uh, many, many years. The biggest problem with the, what I see right now is it's minor, guys. It's so minor. It's It's important to Jake and I and to people like Rod Peterson to the announcers. To the diehards, the media, that sort of stuff. Is that want to know the stats. It's just one of those. It's such a little thing to most fans. Most fans don't pay attention. They look and they go to the game, BC1. That's all they care. 
<laughs> What's what is the biggest industry that the NFL has? Stats. No. Oh, fantasy football. Yeah. Hmm. You want to get fantasy football and you don't have stats? You True want enough. you want to be ta- you want to be talking to Yahoo and you want to be talking to these sports betting sites and you don't have stats? You're gonna hit me with 19 different advertisers that are advertising bet on the game, and your stats aren't correct. How am I taking the over and the under if I don't know if the score is correct? How am I taking yeah. the over under on passing yards if I don't know the stats that you're putting up? Because there's two different sources. Last week, two sources, two different stats. I'm pissed if yeah. one stats sheet says I'm over and one stat sheet says I'm under. And you know what's going to happen? The um, sports betting industry is going to walk away. They have to. They they can't. They have to be accurate. And they, they have, have to be, be live stats. It's not live, that, it can't. It literally, I mean, I know nothing about it. But it can't be that hard if I could be at the stadium and they're putting up the stats on the freaking scoreboard. And How many yards? How many receptions? Those, again, those aren't always super accurate, but that's fine. The difference when you're at the game and, and you're live like that, a second and seven and a second and six, not a huge difference. But they, you're they sitting they at home get their and you're pooped together. You're when you're sitting at home and you're betting and you're betting over on the half for 227 yards or whatever it is, 225 yeah. yards, two, 225.5 yards. And that difference of the of making it not making it is that one yard. Mm-hmm. That's a huge difference. Huge. And again, you're going to get those the, the betting advertisers to leave because you can't reliably bet on something when the stats well, yeah. aren't reliable. Exactly. I agree. Totally okay, agree. Now, now the the the, the, the CFL power rankings reveal for week two. Okay, okay. Let's this is Jake's rankings. Let's see this if I agree with them. They are the Hughes Sports Podcast rankings, but I am the one who does them. So let's see. Let's see if we I agree with them. We're going to do it in them. reverse order, of course. In reverse order. So. So the Edmonton Elks down two positions to ninth. How come Last I week I had them at. That? Can you guys see that? If you can see that, let me know because I can't see. Oh, yeah, there it is. Okay. Never mind. I, I can see it now. Because he's blind. Yeah, I'm blind. Edmonton Elks down two positions to the ninth. They lost where they couldn't score a point against the BC Lions. Pretty pretty straightforward. Yeah, nah, that's yeah, yeah, I agree. I'll, I'll I'll let you have that one. Moving up one position, the Ottawa Red Blacks. Last week they were, I had them last, at ninth. were they in last last time? They were in yeah, because they went up one and they're now in eighth, which means they were at nine last week. You know how to do math. Um, they were, yeah, dead last last week. I didn't think they looked good at all. Nope. I think they looked okay, but they still fumbled the ball too much. No comments on that one. Nah, you're right. I, I'm right. not going to disagree yet. The, down one position, the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Again, I had high hopes for them, and I put them in a position where I thought, you know what, middle of the league, now you're just below middle of the league. Yeah, and you know what? Those two, seven and eight, could go like reverse eight, yep. seven. They're there, like. And again, if the Red Blacks come out and have another good game where they look good, and even if they lose, very easily they're seventh. Yeah, exactly. Now this is where I think things might get a little, little controversial. Okay, okay, here we go. Here we go. Saskatchewan Rough Riders down one position from fifth to sixth. They look okay. good against they look good against the Blue Bombers, but they still lost. They lost, so they a don't very lose. important inter division game. Uh, game. Yep. Uh, I can't I can't give them I can't give them anything better than sixth. No, I agree. I'm gonna give you that one. Fifth. Up three spots, because I had them in eighth last week. That's how poorly I thought of their performance. The Calgary Stampeders. I can't tell if the old man is thinking. Or I, if I am. I'm. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Again, as I said, to seven and eight, five and six could flip as well. It's one of yeah. those. They could be tied, right? Yeah, it's exactly. that close. So I'll give you that. Number four, a team that did not even play this week, the Montreal Alouettes. See, that's just where I'm kind of. I'm kind of like okay. So my thought process on this, and I'll explain it, and I explain it in a little bit more detail in the article. Who's the second best team 
in the East? Montreal. Are you saying that Calgary is better than Montreal right now? I can't I can't say for certain. Well, it's only two weeks, so it's really hard. When we get into week and, eight, and then we'll have probably more And right discussion. now we have we only have one week of Montreal play. Yeah, exactly. So to me, I just I literally and I said put it in the article, I just can't put the Stampeders ahead of Montreal at this point. Because Calgary is going to be fighting for third place, in my opinion, in the West, and the Alouettes will be fighting for first in the East. And that's a huge difference. Yeah, Toronto, Montreal. I think. Yeah. And then it better Number be three, Toronto. Okay. Whew. Toronto Argonauts. Again, they had a good outing. They didn't have a great outing. They didn't need to. No. But they had a good outing. I mean, Kelly yep. really did play well. 100%. Right? So, no, well. I, I agree with that one. Three and four, I agree. They're in the right spots. The other two, it's one of the it, – because it's only week two – you it's, could it's, flip five and six. You could flip seven and eight. And again, I'm working off only. I'm not. I had zero preseason power rankings because I think that is a load of baloney. I want to see how the teams play. Exactly. And you're not seeing anything in preseason as far as who's going to be on the field, right? No, exactly. Now, how do we want to reveal number two? Do we want to reveal number one first, which in place? So right now we have the BC Lions and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers at one and two. How do we want uh, to do the reveal here? It's you. I think you just pull it off, like rip off the bandaid, Jake. Just rip it off. There's going to be some Smurf mafias. They're not going to be happy. But we have the Blue Bombers moving down a position to number two. After again, it was a close game with the Rough Riders, but now, that's why they moved down. Is that okay? I was gonna. I was just gonna say it's a close game. Eighteen points. We won by twenty-two points. We won by 22 points. The game against the Calgary Stampeders, we played, in my opinion, and not just my opinion, but other people's opinion, the most complete game in the CFL. Who did? The BC Lions. In oh, week okay. one. You in think week that? One. I think that. Oh, in week one. Week one, not week two. Yeah. No, no, no. Week two. Whew. Week like, two. The only I reason I'm giving the BC all about football, if you actually believe we played a f- complete no. game. And- <laughs> if, if anything, I'm going the complete opposite. The reason the lines are moving up is they faced adversity against a very terrible team. Yes. And they continued to pull through again, yeah. 22 to nothing and held a team to under 150 yards. And when you can hold, I don't care what team it is. When you can hold a team to zero points and under 150 yards, is that what you said? 139 total yards. So yeah, under 150. You do the, the defense is doing something right. Yeah. It's they they a lot of times you'll see a blowout but you'll see the um the losing team get 300 350 yards because they bent but they didn't break. In this case, BC just didn't bend. They nope. shut them down. Yep. Yes, it's and- Edmonton. Yes, they're struggling. But it's <sighs> Who cares? Take you have to you have to take advantage of those wins. We did. We BC Lions did what they needed to do to win that game. And again, just to clear the air here, the first time since 1977, Edmonton has Edmonton, been shut out. That Edmonton, an Edmonton football team in the CFL has been shut out. That's saying something. And that's saying something because there have been some really bad Edmonton teams the last couple of years, oh my and they goodness. were never shut out. Well, I mean, when you look at it, how do you not score a, a field goal in the CFL? Like, how do you not score a field goal? <laughs> it's it's amazing to me. So I know you and I kind of texted about one and two. We didn't talk about anything else. You, no. we, you and I texted back and forth about one and two this morning. And um, I'm, I completely agree with your top four. Your Thank top, you. your bottom four. Five and six could switch. Seven and eight could switch. It wouldn't make a big difference to me. So that's the bottom five, just to be clear. That you're talking about. Bottom five, you have you could swap around. Top four, you're good with. No, the bottom. No, no. I'm saying like five, six, seven, eight. You gotta leave Edmonton in ninth. Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. So I'm saying seven and eight, five and six. I was like, what are you talking about? There's only that's four. There's two and two. That's four. And but Edmonton's <laughs> yes. the bottom. Like, Edmonton, I agree with your last place. You're seven eight. I'm not saying I disagree with it. I'm saying you're just saying if, you could easily flop, flop both. If you would have put Ottawa, eight. 
in seventh and Hamilton in uh, eighth, I would have went, yeah, okay. If yep. And I'm still saying, a, yeah, okay, this way. I just had a hard time. And honestly, this was very difficult, a lot more difficult than I thought it was going to be because how do I move Ottawa up to and Hamilton down to? Yeah. And it's, it, I mean, to me, those four teams could be tied. Exactly. Literally. Right. So, and I mean, Calgary moved up quite a bit because I do think that they showed they were better than they were against, against BC, but they yeah, still, okay. but they still are, in my opinion, very close with the riders, very close with the Ticats, very close with the Red Blacks. Yes. They're so, going to be struggling to make the playoffs. I agree. So again, just to recap, in number nine, we have the Edmonton Elks. Number eight, Ottawa Red Blacks. Number seven, Hamilton Tiger Cats. Number six, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Number five, Calgary Stampeders. Number four, Montreal Alouettes. Number three, Toronto Argonauts. Number two, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And number one, the Orange and Black. No, BC Lions. I had to. That's Sorry. fair. No, I, I appreciate it. We're homers. We're allowed to be. We're not national television. No, we are irrational fans, and we will stand by that statement. Yes, Rod Peterson, we're so, irrational. Now, old I, man, is there anything else that you want to go over this week? No, I'm good, man. That was I'm, that was a good hour. It was a good hour. Yeah, Just over next hour, week. But... Next week, we're gonna. Next week, I know it's we're in the middle of the CFL, not in the middle of the CFL, but we're in the CFL season, but. Well, so it's a Vancouver Connect podcast. Yes. So next week on Monday, we'll be talking about not just the draft that's on Wednesday, the first round that's on Wednesday, the second to through seventh round on Thursday, but also the Saturday where free agency opens up and maybe we see the Canucks make a big splash. Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me if we... Free agency, I thought it was July 2nd. July nope. 1st, always July 1st, always Canada Day. Is it really? Always can well, except for the because of the last few years because of the COVIDness, July 1st is always, always, always free agent free really? agent frenzy. That's why you said holiday. we had to, we had to trade Miller before July 2nd. We have to trade him before July 1st. July yeah, okay. 1st is when his no trade clause kicks in. So if right. there's a trade with JT Miller, which I don't think there will be anymore. With the buyout of OEL, I know. think there's. St I still think there's going to be a big move. I think Oliver Ekman Larson being bought out says makes JT Miller stay. That big tall guy, you know, with that big tall guy, where he's not being traded till September. But keep your keep your eyes, your ears, on uh, Anthony Bovillier. Sports.ca will give you all the um, all the news leading up to the draft. True, and if you uh, checked out my last article that I posted about the Vancouver Canucks, um, that I posted about 45 minutes before uh, the news came out, I talk about a potential trade with Beauvillier to make some cap space. And option two, which I was the one saying, we should do option two. I don't think it'll happen, though, because, the, you know, option two, buyout OEL. And, I can't uh, wait till um, you're proven correct in that one item that we're not allowed to talk about so we can talk about it. But anyways, right. carry on. Um, yeah, I mean, I know what I'm talking about, guys. I check with people who are in the know or I'm in the know myself. Are you and, in the um, Sometimes. Okay. I have, you know what's funny is I have, uh, I know you're trying to wrap up. I have people who work in very interesting places. I'll just say that. I work in interesting places. I, I have friends who are even more interesting in interesting places. Okay. That's true. <clears throat> anyway um anyway again we are the he sports podcast i took that off it was the right one the he sports podcast you can find us on twitter at hsp underscore pod facebook hsp pod you can find me on twitter at j streams that's j-e-h streams the old man you can find him because he's not going to plug it himself you can find him at cavalli channeling on facebook you can find him at kev hugh kev hughes 64 on twitter um, keep up with everything that's going on. Lots of world. stuff going on at uh, over at Cavelli Channeling if you guys are uh, interested in checking it out. Huge news yeah. over there. But again, we are the Hugh Sports Podcast. We love you guys for coming and hanging out every single Monday and listening to the podcast throughout the week. 
Um, I didn't tell you this, old man, but we had almost 3,000 views or downloads this past week. So Wow. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you enjoy what we do, love you. Please, please keep going because we love to do this. Let's push it and to five thousand. If we can make this a daily podcast, where or like bi-weekly podcast, twice a week. I have to that, put up that with is you five hours every week. That would be a lot. Five hours. Five, well, oh, if we do it every week, day. That's five hours. No, dude. we're not doing every every day. No, I said bi-weekly, twice oh, a week. Okay, Whew. twice a week. Scaring me. Twice a week. Just just an extra hour that you got to deal with me. Not that we don't talk another 17 hours off podcast, off stream. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you here next Monday to go over the week three CFL season as well as the draft and free agency. Have yourself a wonderful night. Game of the week will be Thursday night. Pay attention. Smurf.